Hi, everybody. Welcome to the July 31st, 2015 edition of Colorado Inside Out. I'm your host, Dominic Gazzuti. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's get a quick take on the jurors in the Aurora Movie Theater trial deliberating the penalty phase of the case as we speak. A woman's outburst during the prosecution's closing statement merited a three-week sentence for contempt of court from Judge Carlos Samor. Patty Cahoon from Westward. Uh, it seems that the... Um, uh, this was one of the major headlines from the last bit of uh, going into the penalty phase. I didn't expect it, um, but I don't, no one expected that kind of an outburst. But do you think it will have a lasting effect for appeals and juries and things like that? I don't think it will affect the, this ultimate decision. And I think the jurors will take a little longer to come back with the decision. It's going to be harder than just finding him guilty the first time. The whole idea of a death sentence is going to be very tough, even though all these jurors were vetted for a possible death decision. I think the outburst in the courtroom is just the start of what we're going to see inside and outside the courtroom, no matter what people decide. They're going to think justice isn't done. If they go for the death penalty, it is going to be an endless discussion, not just today and tomorrow, but for the next 20 years of Colorado, because that's about how long it takes to execute someone. Amy Oliver Cook, Executive Vice President, Grand Poobah at the uh, Independence Institute. Don't tell John I said that. Um, this is the Grand Poobah part. Of the Executive Vice President. Yeah, that's, that's true. He knows it. <laughs> who, who are we fooling here? We know, he knows the situation. He probably described the same way. Um, were you surprised uh, at how quickly we got to the deliberation phase? I mean, we we've been warned, I guess, before the whole trial started, it was going to take for months. It take months, and it certainly could have. But this seems to have gone according to the textbook and pretty efficient. What do you think? Yeah, and I would agree with that. And um, I think what we're going to see is a longer time, certainly deliberating over this, the penalty phase. I don't envy those jurors having to make that decision, even though, as Patty says, they have been vetted. That is a very, very heavy lift. I will say this. I do hope that based on just what has happened in this case and also with the outburst we saw yesterday, I really hope that what does what we do have deliberately in Colorado is a conversation over mental health. We are clearly, we have um, services are inadequate, and I hope that is a conversation that is long and thoughtful in the state. Penfield Tate, our esteemed lawyer at the table, uh, attorney from Greenbridge Traubrick, also a longtime state lawmaker. Uh, were you surprised the length of the penalty phase, at least the, the, not the jury deliberation, obviously we don't know what that's going to be like, but how fast uh, they received the case? And uh, what do you think the effect of that outburst will be? Is that something that um, appeals in the future will be based on? Um, I, I don't think the outbursts will have much effect at all. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if jurors thought it was an annoyance that they'd rather not have and, and sort of an intrusion in, into their province to make the determination. Um, as, as we talked about this before, I wasn't surprised at how quickly they came back with a guilty verdict. I thought from the beginning that um, not guilty by reason of insanity was, a, was a, a life preserver thrown out there because it was the only defense they had. He did it, and we all knew it. And, and But this is the hardest part. Even though this jury's been death penalty qualified, 
I think that it's difficult for people to look someone in the eye and say, we sentence you to death, no matter how heinous the crime. So I, I expect the jury to spend a lot of time with this. And I think Patty's right. No matter which way this comes down, it's going to generate a debate. And I'll go a step further. If this jury does impose the death penalty, I think we'll see legislation next session by the General Assembly to address this question again. Kira DeGette, editor of the Greater Park Hill News. Uh, I like that point that Penn made that we'll probably see some legislation one way or the other about addressing the death penalty. Even though we see polls that the Colorados are still in favor of it, there's a lot of conversation about there, especially in the mental health aspect of this particular case. Your thoughts? Well, I think that increasingly people are opposed to the death penalty. And yes, this, this case has been horrific from the time he walked into uh, before, he, the, the time before he even walked into the movie theater, um, um, stockpiling the weapons, being able to buy weapons, the onset of schizophrenia, um, and all of the horrific deaths and, and injuries that, um, that occurred that night. Um, and so, yes, I think that the um, jury is going to have to ta have a, a terrible time uh, grappling with the morality and reality of whether or not to um, impose a death sentence um, to this clearly schizophrenic um, criminal. And, um, and so I would hope that there would be some um, legislation and, and have this conversation started for how, how exactly we can deal with this. On Tuesday, Jeffco, for, uh, Jeffco United for Action turned in two times the amount of needed signatures to recall three Republican members of the school board. If the signatures are approved and not challenged, the recall election would coincide with a scheduled November election later this year. Uh, Patty, it's been emotional and uh, I guess uh, running out of other words, but it's been a big deal in Jeffco right now. Right as soon as those three members took office in 2013, they've made headlines. Uh, people have vowed back and forth. Now we're at the recall stage that I think people have been promising for a while. Were you surprised to see how many signatures they provided relatively quickly? Because their due date really wasn't until September. No, I wasn't surprised at all. I think that is how deep the dissatisfaction goes in Jefferson County. I know that some people have said, tried to make it that this is just a teacher's union move. It is not. I mean, it is very heartfelt on the part of both students and parents who think they've been dissed by these board members. You know, Ken Witt took off after one of the kids on social media. We all have discussed Julie Williams and her lack of skills with social media. And uh, so I think that, I think, it's not a surprise they got all those signatures so quickly. I think since they got twice as many as they need, the odds are good that they will have reached the threshold to get the recall on the ballot. And in November, we're going to have the flip side of what we saw two years ago when all the conservatives in Colorado either wanted to leave the state entirely or at least recall everyone they could. And so now we've got the flip side in Jeffco, and we're going to have another hard fight. Amy, uh, getting signatures is one thing. Getting out the vote and actually recalling a politician, an elected leader, is an entirely different situation. But what do you read from the momentum, at least the headlines we've seen so far? Well, on a couple of things on this, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of challenge to the petition or the signatures themselves. I don't know that, but I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. I also think that once the election gets going, or the recall effort, assuming it goes forward. I mean, here's what you have to, what they're going to have to campaign against. 
this reform majority board gave a $21 million increase to um, teachers for a raise. Student-based budgeting so that schools have more control over their own budgets. Fair funding for all public school students. They also um, are building a school without any debt. They're using cash to pay for a, building a school. And just today, it looks like Julie Williams, her questioning of the AP history curriculum, has actually been vindicated. And it wasn't just a bunch of right-wing, crazy wingnuts that were questioning the curriculum, the college board itself. When Gordon Wood, who is one of the most respected historians, is questioning the framework, and now you've seen that they've just today was released, or maybe it was yesterday, that that framework has been completely redone. Julie Williams has been um, has been vindicated a little bit on that. So there, there's a whole different it's a whole different ball game when you're just arguing emotion. But when you start getting into the facts, and you will more so as the, if the recall goes forward, it's going to be it, it will certainly make it more interesting. Penn, it seems that recalls have become now the um, strategy uh, of choice when it comes to politics in Colorado. It started in 2000, after the 2013 um, uh, session. Now you're seeing it here. I don't imagine it's really going to go away unless they fail. When a strategy fails, then people won't try it. What do you think about the, pro the prospects of success in this particular use of the strategy? Well, and I, I tend to agree with a recent Post editorial. I, I don't agree with all of the reasoning behind it, but the concept that recalls were really put in place to deal with elected officials for misfeasance or malfeasance or nonfeasance, not because of policy disputes. That's really what the election cycle is for. But we've done this to ourselves in Colorado with our easy access by citizens um, getting access to the ballot or doing these recall initiatives or otherwise. Um, it's, it's going to be a full-on campaign. And I do agree with Patty that sentiment runs deep in opposition to these board members. But I would offer this to the students of Jefferson County and to the students around the state of Colorado. There's an object lesson here that ought to be learned that the adults are teaching you indirectly and inadvertently. Sometimes how you treat people is more important than what you do. And I think there are some substantive decisions this board made, although I might not agree with them, that are grounded and based in fact. But how they went about it and how they treated students and parents and teachers is part of the reason for this outcry. And in when you talk about the skill set this board lacked, part of it wasn't mastering social media. Part of it was not mastering human interaction. Kara, Jefferson County School District is a huge district. It's a major player in Colorado. And do, do you think what happens there, that people are going to say this is the battleground for the state? So whether you're on the progressive side of the coin or the conservative side of the coin, this is kind of the battle royale for what might happen in other counties. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to be the, the battleground, the bellwether for what happens elsewhere. I think we've already seen that in Douglas County. We've seen examples of that in um, Colorado Springs, District 11, which is another very large district in Colorado. Um, I, I do think that the showing of um, the number of, uh, of um, signatures that have been turned in is really indicative of a lot of folks who are really paying attention now and um, and having this democracy by recall um, you know is is 
not a very good way of going about things. Perhaps uh, we need to start considering whether or not to adopt some election reforms to not have school board elections on off years when hardly anybody is paying attention. Um, I think one thing is clear. Uh, Penn's right that this is really an abject lesson uh, for students in uh, the democratic process and hopefully um, for their parents as well. Republican State Representative Gordon Klingenschmidt has been asked to resign after comments he made on his radio show on Tuesday about the ban of gay Boy Scout leaders being lifted. The Colorado Republican Party quickly condemned Klingenschmidt's comments and reinforced that he does not speak for the party or reflect its values. Uh, Amy, just when the Republican Party thought they only had to worry about Donald Trump, here comes <laughs> Representative Klingenschmidt to the rescue. Uh, is, is it enough that he's going to harm the party because just by connection, or is he removed enough as such an anomaly that it's not going to cause many problems, at least for the party? Well, boy, there's a good question. Um, I do like the Donald Trump analogy because I also th happen to think that um, Gordon Klingenschmidt probably has the same need for attention that Donald Trump seems to, to need as well, constantly have some kind of spotlight. Even negative attention is better than no attention. But, uh, or no attention, but let me, I don't know what's in Gordon Klingenschmidt's heart or what his intentions are any more than Gordon Klingenschmidt knows what God intended. So the idea that, you know, tie a millstone around someone's neck and throw them in, it, it, I mean, here's what I do hope. If Gordon Klingenschmidt is going to run for Senator Cadman's seat, which is what seems to be the indication, I, I, I'll say this. I hope he loses because here's where he is a distraction. It will be a media circus. And the state legislature has real work to do. And to make something all about one person just goes to show that this one person puts himself above the mission. And that really isn't the intention of public service. Penn, I, I don't know the individual's name, but I guess the person I really feel sorry for in the situation is the person who lost to Klinger Schmidt in the primary, thinking, I lost to this guy? Um, <laughs> uh, is there a viable future for Klinger Schmidt in this state in politics with what he's done so far and with his own party running as fast as they possibly can away from his comments? Sure, he got elected once before, didn't he? <laughs> um, there are people there who are going to vote for him, and, and that's one thing I need, think we need to be cognizant of. I, you know, I think his remarks were reprehensible. I disagree. But I don't fool myself into thinking there aren't a lot of people who agree with him. And they elected him once. And you're not going to convince me they were surprised. They didn't know what he was really about when he won the primary and won the general election. So I think there are a number of people who will vote for him again, just like Donald Trump. You may find his comments offensive. You may think he's nuts. 30% of likely Republican voters say no way, but 20% say yes way. There's going to be a following, and, you know, the more difficult task, I think, is for the, the Colorado Republican Party. Because if you're, if you're really sincere in saying this person can't represent what we stand for and is not a reflection of where we think Colorado needs to go and where it needs to be, you're going to have to make some difficult choices in how you deal with his candidacy. But I don't think he's going to go away. And Amy's right. He could be a distraction. But, boy, he wouldn't be the first single-issue candidate we ever had serving in the Colorado General Assembly either.
Kara, Boulder County has given their more than their fair share of gifts to this table over the years. Over you know, 23 years, we've been grateful for all the wackadoodle ideas they've been able for, for us to be able to chew on. But El Paso County is no slouch when it comes to that either, especially when it comes to personalities. They've given us quite a, a host of them. What do you think about this particular personality we have uh, from that same area and what impact he might have on his party? Well, that's right. El Paso County is, is no slouch when it comes to handing up gifts to the Democrats um, up here in Denver. And, um, you know, for Klingenschmidt, to be specific, you know, he he said that gays, or that gays should not be, not only not be Boy Scout leaders, but they should be drowned, that they um, are child molesters. You know, these are the kinds of things that the, that the party, the Republican Party, is now responding by saying they don't speak on behalf of the party, um, that this isn't the message we want to convey. He's not one of us, even though he is. And he's an elected representative. And, you know, the last time an El Paso County um, uh, representative named Douglas Bruce did something just as minor as kicking a photographer in the knee. He was censured. So why this guy who's a sitting elected official is not being given that same kind of treatment for the kind of outrageous latest statements um, is beyond me if that really truly is not the message that they're intending to send. Patty, what do you think? Does the legislature itself uh, need to go further to really appropriately distance themselves away from Klingerschmidt? Well, there is that little pesky thing called free speech, too. Horrible as his speech might be, I think the Republican Party would be better served to find a candidate now to run against him. We were talking about recalls earlier, and one of the odd byproducts of this is, is that other poobah at the Independence Institute still registered in El Paso County? Remember when Caldera went down oh, there as a right. stunt? He could run for Cadman's seat. He could knock out Klingenschmidt. I mean, he's said plenty of offensive <laughs> things, but nothing with that would get him in this much trouble. That's true. That's so true. So Caldera for, for that seat right now. I would pay money to see that debate. <laughs> Planned Parenthood made national and local headlines this week when a video was released showing a local doctor looking at specimens with a fetal tissue buyer. Planned Parenthood states that they are doing everything legally, and the video is not a representation of what they do. Penn, this issue has grown um, uh, leaps and bounds uh, from the first release of videos. We've had different videos come out. The whole conversation of this, I think, um, I don't want to say industry, but this part, part of the, the medical industry, I guess, even exists. Where it was surprising to a lot of people, me being one of them. Um, I can understand it, but it, it still surprised me. Do you think this is going to have effect for... Um, politicians and candidates running even when we come to the state legislature next year when we heard about Colorado State University officially announced they're no longer buying field tissue from vendors. I'm not sure there are that many Coloradans know that any state school was even in that business to begin with. So is the ramifications on, on the horizon? It could be. Uh, and I say could be because I think it's vital for Planned Parenthood and their supporters to do whatever they need to do to get this full video out there because the explanation's always been the video's been craftily edited and it, it, it misrepresents the full conversation. And if you hear it all in context, you'll feel differently about it. We need to get the full context because, like you, I've supported Planned Parenthood in the past. I fought with Governor Owens and former Lieutenant Governor Jane Norton when they defunded Planned Parenthood. Uh, for a period of time through the state budget. And so I think supporters want to understand what's exactly the practice and the policy. 
like you, I didn't know this is going on, but, you know, when you talk about stem cell research and everything else, you sort of intuitively have to know, okay, something gets exchanged somewhere so that the research can continue and the science can progress. But uh, we need all of this information to, to be exposed to the light of day because just at first blush, it is troublesome and it's concerning, particularly for supporters of Planned Parenthood. And yeah, opponents are going to take this and run with it. And so they run the risk of being found guilty in the court of public opinion before the facts come out. But if the facts come out and it turns out they're fully complying with the law, it's a different policy conversation about do we need to change the law and policy. Sure. And just to clarify, I've, I've never been, you know, for or against Planned Parenthood, but I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Kara, is, it seems that this is only getting worse because it's coming out little, little dribble um, news bites here and there, and that's, the, that's, that's even creating more of a problem for Planned Parenthood. What is the way that they uh, can uh, correct the situation, and do you think they're already prepping for a fight of the ramifications uh, during the legislature? Well, I, I imagine they're certainly prepping for a fight. And this isn't the first time that Planned Parenthood has been targeted by anti-abortion activists. And um, so where that full tape is, I, I don't even know at this point. Um, I don't know that many journalists uh, know um, if it belongs to, if Planned Parenthood has the full um, copy of a tape. But as far as I understand it, it was, um, you know, taped you know, undercover and um, secretly by, you know, activists who are on the other side. Um, I do know that, that while that's all being sorted out, um, we do have a United States Senate that is going to jump, you know, take the opportunity to jump on this and um, as soon as Monday um, try to vote to strip $500 million in federal funding um, from Planned Parenthood based on this. And, you know, I also know the reality is that none of that $500 million in federal funding would be used for any sort of abortion services that cannot by federal law. So the ramifications, yes, I mean, I think we're, we're still needing to sort through it, but um, perhaps that jump to uh, strip that funding away is just a little bit, um, a little bit too soon, and too um, too quick for um, the reality of, of what it is we might or might not be looking at here. But it seems to me with a, such a, a big issue like abortion, you have people on one side and the other that are never going to change. They're going to be that way regardless of whatever issue comes up. But there's a big fat group in the middle in this gray area that might be swayed by something like this, especially if it's something that isn't always talked about, something like this. Do you think there's some sway there in that gray area where people are thinking that this is a time to strike for some sort of policy maneuver? Oh, certainly people are thinking that right now, and that's why you would hope, rather than being defensive, Planned Parenthood is very, I know if they've got a campaign going, but they need to educate people, and they also need to investigate themselves to see what happened. Penn was talking earlier about Jeff Coe's, uh, the board's inability to really do, exhibit human interaction that's good. Clearly the doctors and the people who were in those tapes at Planned Parenthood had the same communication issues. No matter what else they were talking about, the way they behaved, secretly, not secretly, whether they knew they were being taped or not, was inexcusable. But the other thing people really need to remember is what Kara mentioned, what Penn mentioned. 
the money, the federal money that goes, and the state money that had gone to Planned Parenthood is not going to abortion. It is going to provide services for women, mostly in rural parts of the country where there is no other service at all, health care service for them. So you do not want to strip that away without having something to replace it. And I think Planned Parenthood, if they get its act, their act together, explain what's going on, should be able to save that. Amy, wrap it up for us. Yeah. Um you know, I don't know in what context any of this looks good. I, I, I think it, it shows that uh, the people who are on the tape or leadership from Planned Parenthood, maybe what they did is legal, in which case we have to look at what is legal in this country when it comes to sort of uh, buying and selling a, a body parts. But your moral compass is completely askew when you look at that and say, we did nothing wrong. Maybe it was legal. But the way this whole thing has been handled has been, um, to me, a level of depravity that is unconscionable. It is it, Planned Parenthood has handled it badly, and what is on those tapes, there is no context that I can think of in which that would be acceptable behavior. As far as, uh, and maybe it's time that Planned Parenthood got out of the abortion industry and have somebody else do that so that Americans and taxpayers are guaranteed that their money does their funding for uh, women's health services does not ever get mixed into uh, abortion services. Well, we'll run tight on time of the show, but let's get to our favorite part, Disgrace of the Week. Patty, as always, start us off. Uh, Four Corners Credit Union, a new group in Colorado, was trying to solve the issue about marijuana money in the state. You know, the banks won't take it. Big business here, legal business in Colorado, but is having a big problem. They were, came up with a proposal. The Fed shot them down yesterday, and now they're suing, and good for them. Amy. Planned Parenthood's too easy, so is Gordon Klingenschmidt. So um, uh, just a handful of progressive left dismisses their dismissiveness of any accomplished conservative women. This time it's Representative Perry Buck and Heidi Janal calling them, you know, less than A-listers for being on Carly Fiorina's campaign. Ben. Ray Tinsing for the murder of Samuel DuBose. This is the former Cincinnati University um, officer who murdered a man for not having a license plate on the front of his car. And it was so heinous that the prosecutor even said, quote, this is without question a murder, close quote. Pretty damning statement. Care. The Denver Civil Service Commission for reinstating Officer James Medina. Um, are they tone deaf? In this day and age, you know, the guy was using excessive force. He was fired for that. They reinstated him. Say something nice about somebody rather quickly. Tomorrow is Colorado Day. There are a slew of great events around town at History Colorado. There's the Denver County Fair. So happy birthday to Colorado. Amy. Jennifer Butts, Jeffco mom, who actually thanked the uh, Reform Majority School Board for providing options for her family. On a national level, the New Horizons flyby team for the work of Pluto, which has just been fascinating to see all these neat images. Kara. The Colorado Freedom of Information Coalition deserves a big nod for uh, much of their work, their most recent being uh, forcing Adams uh, County School District 50 to cough up the uh, salaries for all of their employees, which they'd previously refused to do. So way to go. That is all the time we have tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can catch any part of the show or CIO postgame, a special online feature. You can catch it online, and be sure to check out the CIO podcast on iTunes. For everyone here at Channel 12, I'm Dominic Dizzuti. Thanks very much for watching. Good night.